Hello, happy holidays and uh, happy new year coming up to everybody. It's Adrian here from Sofeast and Renault is with me as well. Hi, Renault. Hey, Adrian. Hey, everybody. And yes, this will come out in the, the holiday season. So yeah. I hope that the listeners are, uh, are having a good time or if they're listening to it after the holidays, that they had a good, nice, refreshing break and so on. So we've come to the end of... Whew, it's been a long year, Renaud. Yeah, yes, yes. A lot of stuff happened. So maybe what we were thinking of doing is first let yeah, let, let's go through, you know, the what happened this year mm. in um the economy, geopolitics and so on, like in the way that impacts manufacturers and, and, and importers of Chinese products. And then Talk a little bit of uh, about, about about what happened in our company this past year, and then we'll we'll have a quick look over the the best podcasts of um, of this year. Let's uh, let's do that. Sounds perfect. Yeah. So um, if we get started with on the uh, the news side of things, things that have been going on in the world that have been affecting um, all of us in different ways, I guess. Uh, I suppose. Okay the obvious topic to start on and no one's going to be surprised with this is COVID. <laughs> right. So what's happened if we look at 2022 is that the start of the year, you know, firmly in uh, COVID zero or dynamic uh, zero COVID or whatever mm. um, saying, okay, it's fine to have a few cases, but you know, let's be very, very strict and adapt in, and let's do it in a smart way, in a scientific way, and so on. So, the problem is that they've been battling Omicron, which is, if I'm not mistaken, is the most um, contagious variant of COVID nineteen, right? And some people say it from the beginning, you know, forget it. The country just can't. Oh, it's got to be like like North Korea, you know, really like mm. should people who come in uh, be completely closed, have no connections to to, to anything and uh, watch your borders very carefully, right? Um, but country like China is not going to win that battle, but they, they tried, they tried hard, they tried hard. Uh, they kept everything together until the Congress, but like, couple of weeks after the, the Congress, which was what, late October, I think, yes. um, mid or late, late October, um, in November already, it was getting clear, you know, it's out of hand. A lot mm. of cases in Beijing, a lot of cases in, in Guangzhou, a lot, a lot of cases in, in Zhengzhou. I mean, it's, you know, it's out of the box. You can't put it in, in, in the box. And then, there were these um, these protests in a number of countries and so on. Uh, sorry, number of cities. Yeah. And then, well, the people in Beijing just said, you know, whatever. Okay, let's let's open, and they uh, they changed the narrative completely from this is a very dangerous virus to hey now, actually, based on the data, it's not deadly or you know much less than deadly than before so now is a good time you know actually no mm. now is the worst time it's 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 december it's cold mm. people are inside uh it's together with with flu and cold um there's chinese new year coming 
So the migrants are, are getting scared. They go back to their hometowns. Uh, of course, um, they're carrying the virus everywhere, you know. Um, so from Beijing's perspective, it's simple. Hey, let's just, you know, let's just stop testing. They removed all the local neighborhood testing stations. Let's stop counting. Whatever. You know, let's not really publish the numbers. And yeah. um <laughs> And and that's it. And let's let's try to coordinate so the local governments know what to do, and so on. And it, there was a lot of confusion for uh, for about a week, and then people kind of um, got okay. Well, that's that's the message. That's what happens. Okay, now in some provinces, it's it's clear that even if um, you have infected staff, but they can still work, you can keep going mm. with them. You know, working in the factory. Right. Um, yeah, it's quite yeah. a U-turn, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah, could not imagine that. Uh, like two months before or one month before, could not imagine. No. And of course, it's a problem for auditors and inspectors and consultants and so on. You know, people who have to visit the the, the different factories because they they might get in contact with all these sick people and they're gonna you know they oh. get sick. I mean, this is what's happening no already, right? Mm. Very fast, everybody gets sick. Um, so yeah. that it, it is the first, not the first wave, but the first nationwide wave. Um, and well, it's messy, but it mm. was extremely messy in, in pretty much every other country where it happened. Huh, uh, yeah. for, for those that, 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 that went into that, that kind of trouble in 2020, uh, it was terrible. So, you know, they uh, they're kind of doing like your country, like the UK, just uh, whatever, you know. Uh, just well, like let it let it rip through. It's fine, right? The, in the UK, we had lockdowns. I mean, we were in the house for uh, yeah. months, okay. and uh, oh, okay. this is this is when we started the podcast, right? One of the reasons that we started it was because yeah. COVID was going on, and we had all the lockdowns, and we wanted to find a platform to <laughs> put information out, not only about COVID, of course, uh, usually not, right. uh, but uh, and and uh, that was great because I was just in the house podcasting away with with you or with uh, <laughs> with other guests, but um, we we run the lockdown for a long time and. Then all of okay. a sudden they okay. did they did lift it and it was like China and I think I wonder if like the situation in China was it the protests that really caused this because you mentioned it's December it's the sure. worst time for this but it was out of you control. Can't, Clearly yeah, it was I think out of it, I think I think they saw the writing was on the wall with Omicron yeah. and yeah, so it was yeah. better to say okay we're going to release it now and it sort of um, takes a little bit of the responsibility away from the authorities because. Uh, then they can't say, oh, well, zero COVID failed. <laughs> yeah, okay. People got tired of it. Some people complained and then mm. the government listened, you know, and reacted. Well, actually, yeah. they were probably asking themselves, what do we do now? Uh, yeah. Because there were thousands of cases already. And it was yeah. really, yeah, the, the the tiger was out of the cage. I mean, yep. it was too late. So anyway, that's COVID. uh um big mess for a lot of manufacturing companies obviously uh with a lot of i mean we've been impacted uh pretty bad mm-hmm. a lot of key people you know down or functioning maybe 
one third of the usual productivity for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, half of the, the 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 project managers get sick, even though most were working from home. But then they get infected by their family members. They get infected by yeah. everybody, right? The inspection team working on on, on a slower pace. Uh, anyway, yeah, we, we send messages to um, to the clients who who depend on our work. Fortunately, productions uh, in, in when it comes to to manufacturing in Agilian, yeah, there's, there's some POs that have to be shipped out by Chinese New Year, but uh, there's a few few customers, and uh, we keep them, you know, uh, updated about, about about what happens. And so far, um, no big disaster, so it's fine. Uh, we That's good. cross finger, right? So. Mm. That's COVID. That's one thing. Uh, the other big yep. thing that was a big problem last year when we did the same kind of podcast at the same time of the year was logistics and, uh, you know, mm. the costs and the lack of availability. Well, that's pretty much completely gone. There's yeah. too many containers around. I mean, I saw that. Where is it? In New Mexico or what? One of the, the border states uh, in, in the U.S. Uh, the authorities are using some containers, piling them up, sort of forming a, a wall with just along the border. You know, I mean, <laughs> kind of weird. But that, <laughs> I saw that. I was like, "What?" Okay, some other places are going to use them probably to make you know cheap student housing and and so on. Uh, At the World so, Cup, they used it for for accommodation containers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So thousands of dollars it was costing people to stay in a container with no air conditioning. Nice. Ouch. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, more more climate friendly than um, doing the, the 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 daily trip from from Dubai where they stay in a hotel, right? I mean that that World Cup was was just a disaster for that. So mm. um, that's the big good news of 2022. Things have get mm. back to normal. Now talking about logistics in the next few weeks in the Pearl River Delta around uh, Shenzhen, Dongguan, Guangzhou, Foshan, Zhongshan. Um, there's a little bit of a, an issue with the, the feeders that take the, the containers and bring them to, to the ports. Um, I saw a lot of warnings that uh, they would stop functioning and things like that. So mm. it might have no impact. Maybe I'm just going to put it on a truck, uh, bring it to the, the Shenzhen port or Hong Kong port. Maybe they're going to find other ways. I don't know. Uh, let, let's see. The, the, this COVID situation might still have an impact. Um, mm. But it, Well, we saw we saw how it impacted the, the Shenzhen port. And, you know, it's one of the biggest oh, yeah. container ports in the world. And oh, yeah. they ha- they'd had like just one or two cases and shut half of it down, which was which was crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so... uh, that's not going to happen now, of course. But if staff simply are off right. for a little bit because they're not feeling very well, then mm. it still has a similar effect, right? Yeah. Now let's let's watch for what other countries are going to do in reaction to the situation in China. I mean, I mm. I saw a um, an article uh, about um, about India um, where they say, well, 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 uh, you know, all these Chinese cases is going to get back into our face and infect us, right? So, you, you know, everybody use the mask more often and so on and so forth. Um, mm. Let's see. No clue. No clue what's, what's really going to happen. Um, so COVID, uh, we talked 
about um, uh, the, the logistics. Um, 2022, obviously, invasion of Ukraine, big problems, especially for 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 Europe. Uh, electricity, uh, energy in general is very expensive, and so on. Companies yep. that that were relocating production to places like uh, like Ukraine and some other, you know, uh, Bulgaria, Romania, and so on, have been impacted. Uh, a lot of people see a lot more risk than they than they they were seeing before. Um, mm. But really, it also came back to to China and uh, what people call the the China contingency, you know, the Taiwan contingency is scaring them. You know, Putin did that to, to Ukraine and he got ostracized and there's a lot of sanctions and things like that. What's going to happen um, if um, China invades Taiwan? Like, you know, it seems like the, the current um, first secretary of the party has a mandate to, to bring Taiwan back to uh the Middle Kingdom, mm. you know, back to the family, as they say. Uh, let's see. But a lot of people are scared. Um, we, we, we never know. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, it would hopefully not. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty but obvious. I, it's very high risk. But who knows? I think I think the Western media makes out it's almost as if they've said in China, "We're going to go to war to take back Taiwan," but they haven't actually right. said that. They, they no, didn't right. say it. They said they, they want said, to bring it back to China. We don't However exclude, possible. Yeah, we don't exclude violence. That's what they say, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then everybody say, okay, well, they're preparing an invasion. And look, look at what they do with the, with the fighter planes and the bombers going all around and stuff. And uh, and look at what they're doing when Pelosi is visiting and so on, right? So it, mm-hmm. it scared people pretty bad. And yes, the, the prism of the, the Western media is definitely helping uh, people think that way. And now a lot of companies because they rely heavily on china or you know they 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 see that their valuation maybe the big big companies on the stock market their valuation is lower because of Mm. the the china risk Mm. right um and who knows maybe in a few years is it's going to be considered like um you know, like the the vice businesses, you know, tobacco and oil and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you have a lot of stuff going on in China. Well, boom, you're in that list. You know, the wow. the non-virtuous kind of companies. Hey, it's definitely going in that direction. Mm. If you look at the the stock market and you know the analysts and so on. So let's see if uh you know if if Beijing makes some efforts to get back. To the into the the how to say the good graces of the Western community. Let's see. This is a big mm. big question mark, uh, and that leads us to the trade war and tech war with the USA. Uh, definitely a tech, maybe not war, but like starvation. Yes. Um, you know, I, isolation. Let's say this is this is clear. Um, especially fixated on um, the cutting-edge uh, microprocessors mm. um, may or may not, may not make sense, but that's what the USA are really fixated on uh, because it can be used to maybe um, for, 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 for military purposes. It can be used for a variety of things. 
maybe for artificial intelligence and things like that. So they are uh, they they trying to to restrict what uh, mainland China has access to, and at the same time they uh, they're working closely with Taiwan, probably pressuring them to the point where TSMC is investing in uh, really I'm not sure if it's cutting edge, bleeding edge, but like pretty close to bleeding edge microprocessor um, uh, manufacturing facilities in, in the southwest of the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Intel is doing that. And the world is going to swim in an ocean of, uh, of cheap microprocessors, maybe. Let's see. Uh, but <laughs> that does look like a lot of extra capacity in, uh, in three or four years' time. Let's see. But again, uh, that, that's a welcome change from the situation last year and this year. Well, a lot of electronic components in general, not just MPUs and MCUs, but a lot of a lot of electronic uh, active components were um, in short supply. On the trade war side, the tariffs are not going away. I think that's pretty clear. Um, they, they were actually talking about, you know, let's look at other ways. Maybe um, they may not add any tariffs, but they're looking at other ways to hurt China, especially the new majority in in the U.S. Congress. So let's see what comes out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the UFLPA, which is the the act against forced labor, um, including some people from a certain minority in Western China that is not treated very nicely all the time, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. This is... Um, definitely showing its teeth a lot of containers are blocked especially solar panels yeah uh, so you know this is politics before anything else um that, that ties into what you were just talking about about how chinese products made in china products are becoming almost you know uh sort of like forbidden or whatever if, right, if they've got right. links to if they've got links to that area then that's absolutely the case at least in the states yeah, right, right, right. Um, yeah, so the, the, that, that forced labor act is definitely showing his teeth, I was saying. Mm. Um, Inflation Reduction Act, at the same time, is pushing for the relocation of the manufacturing of solar panels and wind turbines and so on in, in the USA. <laughs> but um, yeah, at the same time, they block uh, thousands of containers of you know solar panels that they're not going to use. Anyway, uh, we'll see. I, I have no idea if um, once they've done these uh, these investments and, and companies are really uh, restarting to make photovoltaic panels and things like that in the US, if the price difference with China, not only the price difference, but you know the capacity, manufacturing capacity, and the the the, the breadth of offer of the the kinds of models and features and so on. Mm. really uh, makes it interesting or if they're just going to be trampled like they were, um, you know, 10 years ago. Because there used to be mm. an industry, you know, in the US, in, in Germany and so on, and they just just got crushed. Uh, so let's see. I'm a bit skeptical on that, but we'll see. Um, on that, you did you did hmm? recently speak to a couple of authors of a book, Enterprise China, yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah. Drs. Morrison and Black. And yes. to be fair... Th- 
the the links between the the competing with China and high tech products and industry. That's absolutely an issue that is going to keep going on into 2023. But they did say that if you are producing, you know, relatively standard consumer products, mm. there's less need to be worried about producing them in China. These yeah, days. the risk is much lower. Absolutely. I think it was a pretty smart and balanced uh, sort of approach. And mm. um, yeah, it, how technologically advanced and unique your products are does mm. play you know a role and also how especially how strategic they are seen by any country uh, does play a big role in the the risk of having them made in china mm. right. so uh, that, that that was an interesting interview um on this podcast um i don't know about a month ago yeah start of december Mm, yeah. So, yeah, we talked about the frictions between the USA and China. Obviously, it's not just the USA. Looking at Canada, looking at Australia, looking at the UK, also more and more of uh, continental Europe, except maybe for the Germans, or I should say, except maybe for the, the coalition in power in Germany, because a lot of people in Germany are actually thinking in, in, in different terms about China. But they... Mm. They are seeing China, you know, as, as a rival, as a source of risk, as a threat, as a source of disruption. Again, with the, you know, the Taiwan contingency scaring everybody. Uh, and, and, um, and it, this has been brewing for years and years and years. So the trend is not reversing. It is, I'm not sure it's accelerating, even though it might have accelerated this year. Yeah. With, with the Ukraine invasion. Yeah, so there is the, still the same uh, the same problem of increasing friction at a political level and also at the public opinion level, right? Can you feel it yeah. a little bit in the UK? Do people, I don't know, badmouth, oh, this is made in China and so on, more and more, and mm. you're supporting that government and that. Uh, we get some comments sometimes. Uh, maybe not, maybe not made in China products because they're so ubiquitous. Like mm -hmm. everything is made in China, so it's quite hard right. not to get stuff that's made in China and. I think there's more of an appreciation that you actually can get good quality products from China as well. And I mean, the days are long gone since China was just known for, you know, cheap plastic stuff that breaks straight away. You know, I'm sitting in front of a MacBook, for example, and that was that's made in China. That's not a low quality mm. product. So so I think I think from a manufacturing point of view, I don't necessarily think people just uh, look down on Chinese products exactly. But I think politically, I see a lot more negativity towards China in the UK press. How warranted it is, I don't know, because I'm quite conscious that the press in most countries is a, is a form of propaganda. I'm not 100% China can never be wrong and I love everything about China kind of person. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was in China for a long time. You know, my wife's mm -hmm. Chinese and I, I, there's a lot mm -hmm. of things about China that I really love, but mm -hmm. I will call them out if I think they're, they're not doing things right. But I think the more disrupted that countries in the West get politically and the more dissatisfied their population gets, mm -hmm. I think the easier it is to start yeah, banging on the drum somebody. of... 
Yeah, we've got a bogeyman. Look at nasty China. Look at what they're doing. And obviously, Russia is a, is an obvious candidate. And and indeed, that is warranted if you see what they're doing in Ukraine. But um, <laughs> but China, China haven't invaded Taiwan. China mm. aren't, as far as we know, supporting Russia in military terms, which is definitely a good thing. They also speak out against the war and say you should be solving things diplomatically. Um, yeah, they have ties with Russia. That's fine. But so do India. So do a lot of countries. And we don't mm. talk about India in those terms necessarily. So, mm. yeah, I think I think the, the press do try to make China a bogeyman for sure. I would be uh, careful about reading too much into it. Right. That's my opinion. OK. And the last uh, major trend that I wanted to, to mention is um, all of these companies that manufactured products in China, you know, Chinese-owned uh, companies, well, they've been expanding for years, right? Mm. Especially to Southeast Asia because they can find Chinese speakers. They can find local Chinese there uh, who can help them uh, find their way around. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, if you go to, to, to Cambodia, if you go to some places in Vietnam, wow, it's you know oh, Myanmar, yeah, full of Chinese companies, yeah, right. Uh, Thailand, some, and I think it's going to be more and more also. So, you know, Thailand is fewer because the uh, how to say, obviously the labor, uh, the, the the wages are higher than uh, Cambodia, for example, and also, mm. well. Chinese people don't feel that uh, Thai people are very hard workers for manufacturing jobs. Um, so, yeah, it's it's, it's less um, impacted than the others. Um, mm. and, and increasingly, we'll see Mexico <laughs> mm. in uh, this, this industrial park in uh, Monterrey that has some um, a lot of Chinese investment, it seems. And, you know, in the next Three to five years, I think we're going to see much more of that. So, what happens, and and also Eastern Europe and so on, certainly. So, here's the way I see it: a lot of companies in the West, they buy from China, they are used to the Chinese model, and they built their business on the Chinese model, where they can go to the Canton Fair or Alibaba or whatever, and say, "Oh, this product is nice. I know where I can sell it." I have a brand, I have a special packaging, I wanted it at that color maybe. Mm. I'm just going to distribute it, you know, just resell it. I don't want to pay for any kind of development. I don't want to pay for the injection mold. I don't want to pay for anything, right? And I go to Ningbo, I go to Dongguan, I go into a showroom and I have uh, 50 different types of toasters or coffee machines <laughs> you get my point right or, or handbags you know 200 styles of handbags or you know uh, 200 styles of uh, of bra underwear you know and i say okay i like this one i like this one i like this one you know in places like uh, like turkey like poland like mexico it just doesn't work that way mm. um, or domestically in the us or germany or you know you can find relatively cheap products a wide variety of relatively cheap products available to be rebranded and 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 just distributed right yeah you 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 get to get much more involved 
in the development process, or maybe you 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 also need to uh, to be much more involved in the manufacturing process. You know, China, you go there and they make it a turnkey solution. It's easy, it's fast. You know, uh, it is low visibility, it is high risk, uh, but these companies have built their business model on that. They're used to it and they want to keep going. And what are they going to do? Well, they'll still be working with the same people in Shanghai or in Guangzhou, but the production, instead of being in, uh, you know, in Ningbo, it's going to be in Oshimin City or it's going to be in um, uh, somewhere in the Czech Republic or somewhere in Mexico, right? Mm. That 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 is that is the, the you know the future for ODM products. I I, I think. Um, and a lot of Chinese companies are very eager to do that because it's a way for them to diversify their their holdings, their investment, <laughs> to sure. put some money outside of China legally, you know, so that maybe their their kids can live in that other country or whatever outside of China and have all kinds of um, uh, of, of activities going on there and have a good life. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't surprise me that they're not going to stand still. We know that. Okay, so so we've covered a lot of the key sort of news mm-hmm. stories, uh, the, the things that have been affecting probably many of our listeners, if not all, in some ways uh, this year. If we move on then to talking about more more internally, so the Sophie's Group, what are some of the things that it's worth reminding everybody that we've been up to this year or no? So, yeah, quickly, a few highlights of the year. So we now have a separate area for for a testing lab in Dongguan. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a separate website also and, and things like that. I mean, um, the team has been uh, has been helping put, put that together. And... Um, and we are structuring things in the background so that um, a lot of things are standardized and so on, as it, as it should be for, for, for testing lab. But at the same time, it comes with a lot of um, lot of advice and, and, and engineering work and so on. So uh, what we've seen is that maybe for every five or six dollars of, of, of testing, people pay maybe one dollar of engineering work and this is much mm. more than you know the run of the mill kind of compliance testing lab you know because it's mostly performance reliability safety let's say and some of that can be used obviously for compliance and we're going in that direction but that's really where mm. we're starting and it's and it's really mostly geared at companies that develop their own products uh, electromechanical products right so that's really the focus of that of that lab um mm. Yeah, another one is a pretty nice, pretty uh, extensive renovation at Agilian and a move to to a new large space, and it's it's pretty nice. It it really has a uh, a nice feel, and you've you've also seen a lot of the photos and videos and so on. There's um, it's a large area for general training and and quick uh, quick updates to everybody. They can they can just come in. There's um. <laughs> little mezzanine kind of effect for some of the office because the ceiling mm. is pretty high. I mean, it's it's pretty nice. That's what we were planning for a few years. The 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 team in India has taken off. 
Mm. We now have, let me see, six, six people. So the team is yeah. uh, getting to, you know, getting comfortable on how to work together and so on. So um, it's nice, and we, we we have some other openings, and uh, uh, that that's pretty uh, pretty important in our long term plan. Yeah. yeah. On on the Agilian side. Development, NPI, DFM, manufacturing, all of that uh, has been going strong, extremely busy the, the whole year, pretty much. Um, yeah. the, uh, I was looking at the uh, some of the products that we were manufacturing recently. Uh, there are some uh, bike and motorcycle accessories for, for, for safety and so on, for visibility, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, various kinds of wearable products. Um, I know. So there's some products that are a little bit close to medical devices without having any claim or anything, you know, pretty. Uh, but uh, how to say for 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 well-being, for whatever, you know, treatment of the mm -hmm. skin and, and this and that. Yeah. Um, I can't go into the details of um, what product and, and and so on. But this is um, this is what the team's been working on a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, we wanted to go over the list of um, the best podcasts of 2022 uh, in order of downloads. So let me see. First, the number one download was me talking with Andrew Huppert, who is in Mexico. Is it time for North American importers to leave China? So this obviously mm. <laughs> uh, led to some discussions and so on. Um and another one is how to develop your Chinese suppliers, right? Mm. So this was part of the, the series of um, uh, podcast uh, episodes about sourcing from China, but really how to take mm. your Chinese suppliers and actually have them and push them to improve. Um, we we also we also have a the the ebook's not that recent, but we do have an ebook that you wrote, which is actually mm -hmm. really I think it's like eighty odd pages about developing Chinese suppliers as well. So, yeah, I mean this is this is always about, something that people are interested about. Yeah, about buying in China in general, and then developing suppliers was one of the the chapters, right? Yeah. Um, podcast number three was about the levels of quality standard, how to document your quality standard. Number four was um, an effective QA program for new electronic products. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we went into what it takes to actually reduce risk, right? Uh, when you're developing a, and manufacturing a new electronic product. After that was um, an overview of uh, Design for X with uh, our colleague Andrew, who's been on this podcast a few times. So design mm. for X is designed for quality, designed for manufacturing, designed for reliability, designed for ta 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 ta. You know, yeah. basically how designers can take into account all, their, all kinds of requirements. Yeah, that's uh, a good one. At the design stage, so it's pretty important actually. Uh, yep. The next one is also featuring Andrew, uh, the one must do before mass producing your new product. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, is Andrew's pretty good at explaining all the the ways to validate yeah, the, the, the product mm. design and the process design. Yeah, basically before before hitting the green button and, and going into mass production. If you've ever seen the Agilian Technology blog, Andrew often blogs on there and he does cover topics like that in quite some detail. So uh, if you want to hear more from Andrew about those 
it's kind of like the nuts and bolts of of uh, manufacturing and very much here as a focus on reliability as well. The Agilian Technology blog, which is Agilian is our contract manufacturing mm-hmm. subsidiary. Definitely check it out. I'll put the uh, put the link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Another one is uh, was about the the business model, Chinese style versus Western style for manufacturing. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, people when they start when they start buying from China, this is not very clear to them. Uh, so um, it's very good for opening their 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 eyes on what it means to work, you know, Chinese style versus Western style. Uh, if we um, simplify things a bit, and mm. then after that was also with Andrew about the risks you face when skipping new product introduction. And some of the steps of new product introduction, right? And and so this was those that 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 had the highest number of downloads. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to to point out to a few others that are pretty uh, pretty good. So one was an interview of Professor uh, O'Connor. This was maybe a month and a half ago. Yeah, and, November maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, factory audits equal better suppliers equal better quality products uh, based on data analysis, based on significant relationships between, mm. um, you know, various uh, data Professor O'Connor could could analyze. So this was mm-hmm. quite interesting um, and quite good also for us to confirm, yeah, you should do a factory audit before starting to work with a supplier because if they get a better score, it's really linked to, their ability to make better products, you know, to the, yeah. there's a higher probability that uh, productions would be better. This is clearly demonstrated here in his data. Mm. Uh, another one is about calculating the cash needed to prototype and launch a new product. Again, with a focus on electromechanical products in general. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't really know how to put all of that in a spreadsheet and they don't know where to start. So we try to cover the, the, the big topics here. And the last one was with Liz Long, who is a consultant helping companies make the first few steps and, and mm. to, to launch their new product. Uh, she's in the US and it was simply how to start developing your new product, right? So it was a good, uh, a nice overview, you know, good, Good tips, uh, solid advice from from Liz. And uh, well, yeah, that's it. Obviously, a lot of content published. Yeah, and that's a lot of your work, Adrian. So uh, good, yes. uh, good, good, good job, good job on that. Thank you. Yeah, um, guilty as charged. <laughs> and um, yeah, recently they're they're we're still publishing them as we're going, but we are most of the way through an in-depth series of articles on the types of plastics it's pretty much only thermoplastics uh here yes um to to pick for uh for various kinds of products you know for enclosures for for optical Mm. whatever there's a lot of things and we'll we'll transform some of that into uh, videos also yeah so to, to add to that uh if i may yes uh in terms of content as well uh, you mentioned that we've been creating some in-depth articles about 
you know, selecting the right type of plastic for your needs. That's with Paul Adams, one of our mm. senior engineers. You mm. might have seen Paul in videos and on the podcast and whatever. So also we have been focusing quite a lot, haven't we, Renault, on environmental impacts of products. So mm-hmm. we've created a lot of content yeah. about eco certifications, life cycle analysis, like the the EU eco design regulation, which is coming in in Europe, but I mean, it's going to be happening in in different forms around the world. Uh, And this is, you know, it's happening now. This is, this is starting in 2023 and it's becoming law eco design, at least in 2024, right? Or it's becoming mandatory by 2024. So we're getting asked a lot more about this topic and even if we're not, people need to know a lot more about it as well. Uh, those that aren't asking yet, so th- we get we've got quite a pool of information about that on uh, Sophiest as well in different forms mm-hmm. here on the podcast as well. Absolutely. And, and one thing I did a lot of this year as well with um, some of our colleagues in India, they did some research on different types of suppliers in India for different product categories, because people say, well, I can get it in China, but can I really get it in India? Well, the answer is yes, in many cases. And so we created a whole bunch of lists of of potential suppliers for, you know, things like uh, LED lighting or jewellery even uh, in India. And yeah, those were well received as well. And it shows that there is life beyond China. So uh, yeah, thanks to our (laughs) Indian colleagues for helping me out with that as well. Yep, yep. A lot of good, uh, a lot of good content this year, mm. and I will try to keep it up in the coming years. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so it's a, a good old review of the year there, Renault. I think the last thing for us to do once again is to wish everybody a very happy new year. Right. Yeah. Don't eat too much. Don't drink too much. Be safe, <laughs> but have fun. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And we will see you on the other side as we go into the start of January 2023. Exactly. See you there. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophie's Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing. 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share, because it will really help others discover us too.